very warm welcome to the Four Corners podcast by UFM Worldwide. We are joined by two guests in the studio today, the lovely Anna as always uh, on the recording and uh, checking we're all sounding good and uh, coming in every now and again with her uh, interesting uh, questions and uh, topics. And also uh, Andy from uh, Eastern Europe. Hello Andy. Hello, nice to be here. Thank you for the invite. It's great to have you finally get you in the studio (laughs) and talk. A few of our mission partners will know you by voice. Um, some supporters may also know you by voice and we'll, we'll ask you in a little bit to tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, where you're serving or the rough area where you're serving. Um, but firstly, I just want to check that everyone who's listening to this podcast has their running shoes and gym equipment <laughs> at the ready because today uh, Andy's kindly talking on Hebrews 12 and running with endurance. Andy, do you like running? I must confess, I absolutely hate running. Uh, my older brother used to run, but uh, I always enjoyed cycling, but running, I just find it so painful on the knees. And uh, I did team sports in school and at uni, but running never, never kind of the, floated my boat. It's the dreaded cross country, isn't it? That Where you're all pitted up against each other and uh, going around the school field. Exactly, we're never good. But uh, I, I do currently live in Loughborough and it's kind of the sport capital of Great Britain. And so every single road at every time of day, there are runners, very good runners all over the place. And so international Olympians and uh, and cricket players and athletes all over the place. So uh, I do see runners all the time, but feel quite guilty when I see them. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> Vicariously live through these other healthy people. Exactly. Uh, so you're talking a little bit about Hebrews 12 today. Before you do, tell us a little bit about where, where you're serving. Um, we've got to be careful because you are serving in a sensitive part of the world, but, but tell us what you can. Yes, we we usually serve in a part of Eastern Europe which is being rocked by war at the moment. So I guess most of our listeners will know where that is. And the area where uh, we serve uh, with my wife and daughter uh, is one of the areas that is uh, disputed territory, one of the areas where there's been just uh, intense bombing, a lot of internal displacement. And so in the midst of ruin and pain and trauma, and grief uh, people are trying to live their lives and people are trying to to serve God and uh, it's a very difficult place to be in the world at the moment difficult to get there difficult to serve there many many people of course have evacuated as refugees many people I guess people listening will have come across people who have come to the UK uh, as refugees from the war zone uh, so for us, it's been a lifetime of ministry there. Uh, you know, we've, we've been there for many, many years. My wife is from there too. So we're very well connected every day with people that are facing uh, the challenges of war and the traumas of war, and it, and it never gets any easier. Every, every day is hard at the moment for them. D- despite the suffering, though, uh, God is, is is using it for his purposes, and there is some joy to be had, and, and quite a few people are being drawn to drawn to Christ. Uh, absolutely true. Uh, there's an old saying, isn't it? There's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. Uh, and uh, we're seeing that. You know, the churches uh, where we are are absolutely full of people. And uh, they are new people who don't usually come to church. They're seeking God. They're wanting answers. They, they want to be told the truth. In you know, there's a, there's a war for for propaganda going on too, not just the fighting on the ground. And so they want to be told the truth. And uh, uh, 
they're flocking into church. And so many people have taken Bibles and New Testaments. We've had to reprint more because all of the New Testaments were were, were given out. There were none left. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that is encouraging that people are seeking the truth. And we pray, of course, that many will come to know Christ, who who is a solid hope. We're, we'll come to it in this podcast later on. There is such a thing as an unshakable kingdom mm-hmm. in the midst of all this shaking that's going on of human kingdoms. Mm-hmm. We want people to find not, not not democracy we're not we're not peddlers of democracy or western ideas or anything like that we are those who preach christ and him crucified and we want people to find the unshakable kingdom in the midst of a broken and a fallen world amen i think you springboarded quite nicely there into uh, <laughs> that's the segue <laughs> it's almost a bit as planned <laughs> uh so we're going to talk about hebrews 12 today uh this is something that you uh preached on at the call to serve event uh, the call to serve event is something that UFM does every year uh, and it's for people who are interested in cross-cultural mission we invite them to to our offices or, or a location and we have um, visitors um, mi- visiting mission partners visiting speakers uh, to talk about themes of mission different challenges and opportunities and 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 how God has worked through them um, so Andy kindly preached on Hebrews 12 in, in two sections we're going to try and cram it into the short space of this podcast I mean, Andy's, I'm sure, going to do it justice. It was an incredible um, couple of uh, sermons that he gave at Call to Serve. It was a real joy to listen to. Um, gave me a lot of clarity in my own life. Um, so I'm, I hope that you will find um, similar uh, results when you listen to this. So perhaps give us a little bit of context of, of, of how you pitched this to the Call to Serve audience, Andy. Yes, for sure. Immense privilege to be there at Call to Serve. I, I would certainly encourage anyone who's thinking seriously about mission, even a long way down the line, uh, to consider coming to a Call to Serve event. It's a great uh, chance to to sit with people who who are similarly burdened and and called or or, or, or interested way down with the, with the with the necessity and the and, and the urgency of reaching out to those uh, less reached, uh, reaching out cross culturally. And, uh, and 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 to be in an event like that, it's it's uh, as I said earlier when we were speaking, uh, kind of off mic, that that it, it's not a place where we need to try to enthuse people about mission. Everybody there is interested in mission, and uh, it's great to be able to talk about what are the consequences then? What does it mean for us? What are the life changes that need to go on in my life? What are the heart changes that need to go on in my heart if I am serious about obeying and following Christ? in mission uh, because there are a lot of course and uh, uh, the reason Hebrews 12 came to my mind in in, in preparing for that was because uh, the Hebrew Christians that are written to there uh, they they started out well we're told in chapter 10 they started out well but then all these other things came in and there were distractions and uh, there were sins and there were uh, misunderstandings and they they lost their heart they lost their confidence and so uh, when we come to chapter 12 there's this great call at the beginning uh, let us run with endurance the race that is set out for us let's keep going let's let's get to the end let's not give up uh, one lap into a one mile race you know the one mile race is four laps and a bit you know let's 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 do the four laps and the bit let's get to the end and of course uh, Christ is the goal and the reward of of all those that are running this Christian life and 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 I'm convinced and, and I said it on the called surf day that that all of those parts of scripture that are 
um, commands and, uh, and urgencies upon the Christian life also apply at, a, at another level uh, to those serving in Christian work too. Um, so just as we're called to look to Jesus in, in verse 2 of chapter 12, that's true for every Christian. We are to look to Jesus in our Christian life. We can't get through the Christian life without looking to Jesus for sure. But also in Christian work and in Christian service and in Christian mission and in pastoral work, we can't get through without looking to Jesus. So we can, I called it a kind of a double hermeneutic, really, mm. uh, that we can, we can take an application for our souls as Christians, but also in all of my Christian work, it's nearly 25 years now I've been in full-time Christian work, and uh, those same scriptures that call me to live as a Christian, to, to, to be humble, to, to, to love those around me, to, to look to Christ. All, all of these, these injunctions on us as believers also apply in the way that we do Christian work. Yeah. Uh, and I think once we've opened that sort of horizon to our eyes, I think there are, there are a thousand more passages about how to do Christian service than we ever realize, yeah. because they also apply to the way we do Christian service too. It's such a simple statement, isn't it, to look to Jesus, but so easily forgotten. I, I mean, teaching my little one to ride a bike at the moment, and it's always eyes up, look where you're going, look, you know, focus on something, don't look down because you will fall down. And it's just the same. You know, we, we, if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, we fall down. Exactly. And, and, and I remember as a, as a kid growing up watching Linford Christie run uh, uh, the 100 metres. He was a, a, an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, and he always used to say that uh, uh, the, the reason I'm faster than everyone else is that my eyes are on one yard past the tape. He said, that's why I keep my... And, it, and if you can picture the kind of head-on camera shot of Linford Christie running the 100 metres, his eyes were like huge, great big eyeballs and they're staring right ahead and all these other things are going on around him, but he's looking. And, and he, he said, that once in an interview one yard past the, the 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 finishing tape is where my eyes are and so that very much dovetails with with what the writer says here looking to jesus but my my question to myself was as a young christian when people would say to me you've got to look to jesus in this and in, nobody ever talks to us about how we do that mm. what does it mean actually looking to Jesus and how do we do it and in what areas of our lives and where does the rubber meet the road and what changes must happen in me if I'm to take seriously what it means to look to Jesus. And so the first of our two sessions uh, at Call to Serve, we looked at that and I, I tried to, to think from, both from the passage and from my own experience, uh, what does it actually mean? practically and uh, in real terms for someone who's serving God to look to Jesus. And, and we came up with a few areas um, that we talked about on the day. Yeah, so you identified some some strategies and some ways of, of looking to Jesus for a lifetime of ministry. Let's sort of have a look at that first one. That's for all of the power. We look to Jesus for all of the power. Yes, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm using that phrase in John 15 as my springboard uh, in that beautiful chapter about the vine where, where Jesus says to his followers, to his disciples, uh, I am the vine, you're the branches. Uh, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I think our biggest problem, or one of our biggest problems in Christian work is uh, without Christ, we can actually do a lot of things. And we tend to do it that way around. You know, we, 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 we're quite self-sufficient. The people that get involved in Christian work are quite gifted people. They have abilities. And we've all become, I include myself in this, we, we've all become experts 
at doing things on the basis of our ability, without much prayer, without much looking to Jesus, without much sense of self, uh, 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 putting self to one side. Mm. And, 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 and I think that's a dangerous place to be. Well, so true. Do you know, do you, before we started this podcast, we were looking at some tech that I'm building and I was talking about ChatGPT and, and how I'm using that as a way of writing formula. You know, not even, where, where does Jesus come into that equation? You know, where, where is Jesus in the planning stage and the execution and, the, and, and the, the whole project? But actually, my eyes and my thought processes is, well, look, here's a way of getting the formula done quickly. Um, and, and it doesn't come into that equation. It's, it, I ashamedly say so. I, absolutely right. And, and, and I remember reading once that uh, it's more dangerous to be successful without Christ than to be absolutely helpless and weak without Christ. And uh, that challenged me a lot. You know, we can go through the motions, we can prepare a talk, we can lead youth work, we can, we can perhaps, I don't know, stand in a pulpit and, and deliver a sermon. If we can do that in our own ability, without Christ, without looking to Jesus, without relying on his power and his spirit, then we're actually in a dangerous place we've become uh, professionals we've become those who are relying on our own ability and mm. and that's not where we need to be back to what jesus said without me you can do nothing so part of looking to jesus must be plowing this furrow in our minds in our hearts in our wills that that i cannot and i will not go forward mm -hmm. unless he is with me his strength his power his spirit working through me and and that's where i'm looking for for the miraculous for the for the extraordinary for the spiritual uh, fruit and, and blessings of what i'm doing. not just getting through it with my own ability mm -hmm. and, and there's a tendency to look to him when things go wrong you, you talk about um, in this first section, when Peter walks on the water in Matthew 14, uh, 22 to 32, and, and Peter looked at Jesus, um, and, but, but when he starts to sink. And, 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 you know, we have a tendency to look to Jesus when things go wrong. But also, as you said earlier, you know, if we don't look to him as our successes, it's equally as dangerous. I, absolutely. And, and the way that Matthew describes that incident, uh, and remember, Matthew was sitting in the boat, so he saw the whole thing with his own eyes. When he recorded it, it it's, it's very interesting, the order in which he writes it. You know, when, when Peter saw the waves and the wind, that's the moment that he thinks, hang on a minute, I can't walk on water. This mm. is crazy. And he begins to sink because he, he sees with his eyes the challenges and the struggles and the afflictions and the difficulty. And, and now he doesn't see Jesus. Jesus is the, the afterthought. And so, but when he's looking at Jesus, when his eyes are fixed on the master, on the Lord, at that point, he is enabled to do that which he cannot ordinarily do. I think it's a beautiful uh, a picture and metaphor for ministry. Uh, if we're honest, many of us in ministry spend a lot of time in ministry without our eyes on Jesus, mm. uh, doing other things or becoming good at other things, developing other things. And uh, uh, if we spent more of our time and more of our um, kind of emotional capital uh, thinking about what it means to look to Jesus, to have our eyes on him for everything we need, I, I, I think there would be a, a change in the way we the way we serve. Mm -hmm. There's so much more we could explore in this. I, um, just quickly to touch on, you, you talked about uh, often we say unbelief is the opposite of faith, um, but in this context, it's also fear uh, is the opposite of that faith. Matthew. Yes, we see it in Peter. He, he became afraid. And again, in Matthew's uh, sequence, he, he, he sees 
the wind and the waves. He sees the storm and then he is afraid mm. and then he begins to sink. Mm. And uh, I think it's very interesting to ask ourselves the question, what are we afraid of in ministry? Uh, looking into my own heart, there are many things that I fear. But when our eyes are on Jesus, we fear less. Mm. It's very interesting. We, we don't fear stop less. fearing, though. That's, the, that's, the, that's true. Yeah. We don't stop fearing. Fear is a, a battle that we face all the time. But when our faith is in Christ fully, when, when we're looking to him in this sort of looking away from ourselves and to Christ, things that were fearful before uh, suddenly become, become small things. There are many people serving in our mission today who have left their home, have left their jobs, have left their families, and have gone to very difficult parts of the world mm. to serve in very difficult situations. Many in our mission and other missions and they've they've done that looking to jesus yeah. they have fearful things that they've done and, and they they'll still have the wobbly days and the crazy days and the fearful days but that that act that they have that they have done to serve christ to take the gospel to others looking to jesus those mm. things that are fearful are slightly less fearful uh, because we trust in the one who has all of the power uh, but when my eyes slip off jesus uh, i become afraid of all kinds of things mm. Amen. Let's move to the next section because we've got a few to get through uh, and I'm really enjoying this and uh, it was bringing back good memories. <laughs> uh, number two, you, you talked about surrendering to his purpose. Uh, t tell us a little bit more about that. Yes, I, I, I love the way that the writer here talks uh, about Jesus as not just uh, the, the founder and the beginner of our faith, but he is the founder and the perfecter. Uh, or the completer of our faith. Uh, he's the one that we're looking to, Jesus. He didn't just start a good work in us. He's going to finish it. So there is an eternal plan and an eternal purpose in salvation. And Jesus is the one that has done that. He's begun it. And we're told in Philippians that he will complete the good work that he has started in us. So that immediately just gives us this eternal perspective mm -hmm. to everything that we're about. So looking to Jesus isn't just looking to him for strength to get us through what we're facing. It's looking to him for everything that's coming in his purpose. Now, We'd love to see what that is. We'd love to know what it is ahead of time. I remember half the people at Call to Serve probably didn't know yet what serving Christ was going to mean for them, to where, to what country, to what people group even, in what kind of ministry. For years, I remember I, I, I had a fight with God for probably seven years in my own life as to what serving Christ was going to mean for me. And I didn't know what it was going to be. I would have loved to have the purpose revealed in advance. But, of course, he's never going to do that. Because trusting him uh, without knowing what all of the details are is exactly the point. Uh, he wants us to trust him. Um, but I'm talking here about this idea of surrendering that he knows, surrendering to his purposes, surrendering that his kingdom is the unshakable kingdom that we'll come to later. Uh, it's in verse uh, 28 of, the, of, of Hebrews 12, that unshakable kingdom. The purposes of God will not be derailed. They will not. Mm. And so when I surrender to that and surrender my life into that, actually, whether war comes, which it has to us, or whether cancer comes, which it has to us, whether tragedy comes and grief, which it has to us, those things, even those painful things, will not derail the purposes of God mm. uh, in his kingdom and in my life. And a realization of that, is a way that we look to Jesus. We're saying, Lord, 
Everything I have and everything I am is yours. It belongs to you. I belong to you. Lead me, guide me, take me, use me, whatever that may mean. Uh, and for me, I think, I think that's a crucial part of looking to him for everything. Mm. I, I like in uh, verse 2, author mentions that he sat, sat down, that key point, he sat down, that he's finished um, it's almost sort of sports day. <laughs> I'm thinking that you talk about Linford Christie looking beyond that line that he sat and finished and we know the victory has been won. We know he's finished. We know that that's the end of the race. Um, and I think that's a, it's a great point, as you say, that the unshakable kingdom, it's already done. It's already finished. Yes, that's right. And, and his sitting down, of course, is him completing his work of atonement and mm. sacrifice and propitiation for our sins. So because he has completed that work on the cross, Therefore, we can be saved and we can be his children and we can then be part of his purposes and serve him to the end. There will be a day when we can be seated with him in glory, but it's not yet mm. uh, that we'll come to later. And, and then let's let's move on to the third point then. So as our supreme example in everything, so you've just touched upon that there um, with that last point you made, but we're looking to Jesus as our supreme example in everything. Yes, and, and by this I mean something deeper than just uh, what would Jesus do or, or he loved people, we should love people, he was great with kids, we should be great. Yeah, I, I mean more than that. That's Those things are all true, of course. But in the specifics of uh, verse 2, it's a very powerful dynamic going on in Hebrews 12 too. Uh, we're looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And then this is the phrase, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of God. So the cross was before him. He saw the joy up ahead of him, not just the joy of returning back to his father, but the joy of being in heaven with the fruit of his labors, with the the uh, the kingdom uh, that, that he is going to buy and purchase with his own blood, with those that he has saved and redeemed from sin and grime and desperation, with all of us. So he saw that up ahead. And seeing that as uh, the goal of, 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 of his eternal purpose and, and, and his father's will that he surrendered to, seeing that he was willing to endure the shame and the pain and the suffering of the cross today. So for us, uh, that supreme example is very important. There are so many imposters around the world now. There are so many false gospels saying that you can have the glory now. You can have fame now and wealth now was actually the message of the cross, the message of the gospel, the message of Hebrews 12 is that Christ is our supreme example in this, that that for the joy to come, he endured the cross today. Uh, for me, there's no greater help through suffering than to grasp that truth, mm. that the glory, the joy, the rest, the heaven is to come Mm. And and knowing that that is coming, we can endure the suffering and the affliction and the shame mm. of today um, with that eternal perspective. Without the eternal perspective, it's very hard to get through the afflictions and the shame of, of today. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of Paul, Romans 8.18. 8, um, I cannot compare the present sufferings to what be the right. glory that will be later revealed in us. It's a verse that I, I regularly turn to um, when I'm facing my own trials. And, and, f and for those thinking about coming to the, to the summer conference, uh, we're going to be thinking one of the sessions at summer conference this year about what, what I want to call the scales of eternal worth. And uh, how do we do that weighing up on a set of scales? 
balancing scales, the glory that is to come versus the suffering that we face now. And there's, there's a beautiful passage in 2 Corinthians where Paul has these scales of eternal worth. But you're going to have to come to Summer Conference That's to hear it, more yeah. about that. <laughs> little sneak preview. <laughs> uh, if you want to book for Summer Conference, just as a side note, you can do on the UFM website. And we'd love to see you there. And uh, as I say, Andy, uh, Andy's going to be preaching for that. So that'd be great. Uh, let's look at point number four. Um, for endless glory forever is your point. We're looking uh, a little bit at verse two again in Hebrews 12. And you're talking about uh uh, Philippians 2 as well. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about that. Yes, well, we've kind of touched on it uh, ahead of time uh, already, really, that, that this idea that Jesus is seated, his work is completed uh, of intercession. He's still interceding for us uh, before the Father, of course, with his wounds, his presence as the wounded lamb. He is the spotless lamb, but he's there as the wounded lamb. So he still has a ministry of intercession and advocacy for us today. But his work of atonement is completed. And uh, uh, that is the glory glory that he now enjoys. And for us, the glory and the finishing of our is to come. It's when we're with Christ. Our our union with Christ is in his sufferings today, and then it will be in his glorification then. So again, just just emphasizing this eternal perspective to our work. It's not everything about the here and now. Uh, I don't labor so that I'm something today. Our goal should not be to be famous and successful today. Our goal should be to build and to sow and to invest for the kingdom then so that Christ gets all the glory then. And it's another part of looking to Jesus. The glory is his. It's not mine. Mm. And there's been far too many kind of missionary empires built over the years and far too many people with their, their own name.com as their website. And I, I just, uh, I don't like those kind of things. Uh, the glory is not ours. The infamy is not ours. It all belongs to Jesus. And he is the one that is building this kingdom. Yes, through us. Yes, through the stones, if need be, if we are silenced. Uh, but his is the glory. And uh, he's enjoying it now. We not yet. We only have the taste of it. Uh, and so uh, we, we look to Jesus for the glory that is to come, hoping with confidence and knowing with assurance that that is to come for us as it has already for him. Mm, to, pick, to pick up a point you made earlier, we're, we're constantly comparing ourselves with others. And uh, one of our other mission partners, Seth Lewis, uh, writes a blog, and he, he wrote one very recently about when we compare ourselves to others, we look at what we have and what we don't have and what, what they're better at and et cetera. But when you compare that with Jesus and what he's done, nothing is comparable. That The game is won. The, the, it's, just, it's finished. It's done. It, you just can't compare to him. Um, and, you know, talking about your, your point, uh, Linford Christie, just looking a, a yard beyond the finish line. But if he then starts looking to the side and comparing his position with others, that's when he takes his eyes off the goal. Yes, and, and others will sometimes try to persuade us that we should be make more of ourselves in this life. You know, I have some very successful and some very rich friends and uh, who are very good at what they do. They, they, they make a lot more money than I do. And then sometimes they'll, they'll look at me and they'll say, you know, Andy, why are you not making more of yourself? You've got a good education. You could earn more money. You could do this. You could, you know, why are you wasting your time with all this religious stuff? Uh, you know, and they, they haven't understood. They're not looking to Jesus. For them, here and now is the glory and they want as much of it now as possible and for those who are to endure in the christian life and in christian service for those who are going to run the race set out for us and with endurance it's absolutely crucial that we keep our eyes on where the lord is now this is colossians 3 1 and 2 where jesus is seated at the right hand of god our eyes are on eternity 
not on the here and now. That's where the glory is mm. uh, because it belongs to him and it's where he is. It's not where we are now and it doesn't belong to us. Oh, man. Um, we are running on endurance without sustenance here and people are sort of crowding around the studio ready to tell us lunch is ready. So we're going to move swiftly on to the second part of your uh, sermon series. Can you give us a context? Um, we are, the chapter is about building the eternal unshakable kingdom of Christ in verse 28 on Hebrews 12. Give, give us some context to, to, to this part of the, the talk and then we'll go through uh, the next four points. Yes, uh, I, I, I surprised myself with the second half of, uh, of the series, really, because I, I came across this verse, which I've never preached on before, uh, later on in Hebrews 12, which uh, just made me think and made me go down lots of avenues that I hadn't uh, before. It's, it's this verse 13, making straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Uh, it's an unusual verse, really, and it doesn't uh, shout mission straight away, does it? But as I thought about the context of the chapter, context of the book, context of running with endurance, the context of looking to Jesus, the context of the unshakable kingdom, uh, it, it struck me that the, the Bible is masterful at not just uh, commanding us as to what we should do, but helping us as to how we do that. We're told to evangelize, we're then helped how to evangelize. We're told to be good leaders and shepherds. We're then shown how to be shepherds. And we're called to run this race of yours. But then in this chapter, there are these beautiful helps as to how we are to run this race with endurance. And we run this race not like Linford Christie with muscles bulging out of our arms and legs. It's just the truth. We run it limping, mm. don't we? We run it as lame people. Uh, I limp, uh, and uh, there are many things about me which are not as they should be. And we're all broken people. We're these uh, these clay pots that have the treasure within us. We're not the treasure. Jesus is the treasure. We're the clay and the broken pots. And 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 in in, in the words of this uh, verse, we we are the lame. But His purpose, knowing that we're weak, knowing that we're lame, is not that the lame joint would be put out of joint. Mm. But rather be healed. There's healing uh, in, in, in the grace of God for deep parts of our souls, of our hearts, of our, uh, of our characters. Uh, we're talking much more than physical healing here, of course. We're talking about the restoration in the gospel of what was broken in the fall. And that uh, restorative nature of grace, the restorative power of the gospel, uh, is at work in, in, in every Christian and is the main task of us in mission, uh, to, to, to not seek to build something that's of our making, but to seek to point people in the gospel, in Christ, to that which God is doing to remake what was previously broken by sin and by the fall. So thinking about this verse in those terms just opened up for me the second half of the chapter, mm. because there are these beautiful hows. And I'm a practical person. I need to know how. If somebody says to me, look to Jesus. I'm like, I'm there for that. Great. I want to do that. But please help me. How do I do that? Mm. Um, and so in this second session, we looked at how do we then walk? Um, the phrase there, uh, make straight paths for your feet. So, so walk along good pathways. Live in such a way uh, as is straight and clean and pure. How do we do that in mission so that we can build that unshakable kingdom? Uh, so that was what we were looking at uh, in, the, in the second session. Yeah, and absolutely tell us. I, I mean, personally, um, from a physical point of view, um, 
don't mind saying on the podcast for those who don't know i suffer from multiple sclerosis and every now and again i limp um and and i, I like the idea of make levels pass for your feet because when i do limp you know if i'm if i'm on difficult grounds it's going to make things that little bit harder to do um so personally you know um, the first point that you're talking about here is embracing our weaknesses um, rather than and, and lean on the strength of God. And for me personally, rather than looking for that quick fix, you know, it's to to embrace that that you know that struggle that I have, those trials, and and um, and certainly ask God for His strength in those in those those circumstances. Absolutely right, Matthew. Uh, I, I I can remember the day in my own life where suddenly uh, the Lord showed me that my weaknesses are not a barrier to him using me, but actually my weaknesses are the very areas where he wants to show his grace and his power so that the glory goes to him. Uh, this is what Paul discovered in that passage about the thorn in his flesh, and he describes you know, that, that I've got a glory in my weakness, so the all-surpassing glory goes to God. And I think sometimes we can focus too much on our weakness and we can see that as disabling. Whereas that, that, that level path for our feet so that he will hear what is lame, it, it means embracing our weakness, embracing our limitations, and yet looking to God in them and leaning for strength on God in them. Uh, not saying uh, I'm disabled because I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. Um, but there were far too many people who actually make a, like a false idol of their own weakness. I can't possibly serve in that way. Mm. I can't possibly say yes to that. I can't possibly lead the children's work, teach a Sunday school class, uh, serve on a short-term mission. I can't possibly do that because I'm no good at languages or I don't like snakes or, or, or I, I hate foreign food. I can't, I can't possibly do those things. Well, if we make our weakness the idol and the thing that is the disabling barrier. Do you really think God in heaven who designed our personalities and our characters on a blank sheet of paper and he designed and thought us up from scratch uh, that he can't design us in such a way even though we're weak and fallen, that we can lean on him and serve him with what we have? Of course we can. Mm. Uh, and so I, I think there is a surrender in, in, involved in that. But it's a big, it's a big day when we realise that there is nothing about us so long as we're looking to Jesus that, that, that disables us from serving him. He's the Lord mm. and he deserves to be served by us all. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, let's move swiftly on to point two. Um, be pacemakers, not agitators. We're peacemakers, at... not pacemakers. Pace Peace... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know we're still on the running theme and pacemakers. But... <laughs> uh, I had a friend, uh, an Indian friend, who uh, he I think he just mistranslated um, this. Um, Blessed are the uh, the uh, peace peacemakers. Yes, and he. Uh, he, he translates it as blessed are the matchmakers. <laughs> he spent his life around matchmaking people, um, but uh, until someone told him it was the peacemakers. Uh, let's look at verse 14. Uh, be peacemakers, not agitators. Um, we're looking at Matthew uh, uh, chapter 5, verses 9. Jesus told us, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Yes, well, that's, uh, that beatitude is well known, and we often pray for peacemakers in situations. We usually want them to be somebody else, not us, but we, we, we pray for peacemakers. Uh, that's a well-known uh, beatitude, but this verse in Hebrews 12 is not well known, and I want to argue is even harder, harder. To, I mean, is this not an impossible verse? Verse 14, strive for peace with everyone. Mm. I mean, who of us is going to find that verse hard or easy to apply. I mean, uh, it, it, none of us find striving for peace with 
everyone to be easy, uh, uh, particularly when we're on a team with people we don't get on with or uh, perhaps on a mission trip with people who really we don't think should be there uh, or with, with people of a different culture that think about things in an entirely different way from us mm-hmm. and that agitates us uh, or sometimes from our own family even. It's very hard to live at peace with everyone. This is the challenge of Christian work. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we're not saying that, that Christ didn't come to expose religious hypocrisy of course he did there are times when christ pushes back against false religion false teaching false leaders Uh, of course it's not all sweetness and light Uh, but that's not what we're saying here he's saying strive to live at peace with everyone as far as it depends on us in terms of our walk the pathways for our feet our character the way we conduct ourselves our mission is not a combative mission. Mission. Ours is not to defeat sin. He's done that. Ours is not to overthrow the forces of darkness. He's done that. Um, ours is to follow Christ, to look to Jesus, to spread grace everywhere. We're going to come to that in a moment. And in so doing, to be those that are winsome with those who don't yet know Christ. And when somebody is peaceable and winsome and gentle, and that's one of the reasons that, that, that evangelism should be done in a gentle way, we're told. When you come across somebody who's gentle and winsome like that, you will listen to them. Mm. You will have a conversation with them. You, you, you're more willing to open up to, to hear what they have to say. And we, we're not to stomp around the world as these mission warriors who are trying to defeat people with our many weapons. Uh, our weapons are spiritual. They're not, they're not, they're not human and carnal. They're, they're spiritual weapons. And one of those is this peaceable spirit looking to win folks with gentleness and kindness, as, as Christ did. Mm. Again, looking, look to Christ. Uh, let's move again to point three as we, uh, as we move through these four strategies. Again, four hows. Uh, strive for holiness and integrity in everything. Yeah, this is the second half of verse 14. Strive for peace with everyone. That's tough. But then the second half, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That's tough too. Be holy as I am holy. Talking here about personal integrity, talking about conducting ourselves in a way which uh, doesn't seek to get what I want, doesn't seek to uh, indulge what I feel, doesn't seek to gain pleasure just because I find it pleasurable. Uh, the, the chapter started off that way, of course, didn't it? Uh, uh, surrounded by this, these witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely to, to run the race. You know, this idea of, of the athlete stripping off his, his outer garments, his tracksuit, his other things, so that he can be focused and he can run. And, and, and we simply have to lay aside certain things uh, and, and many of those include our own worldly pleasures, if need be. If they are a distraction, if they get in the way, we must lay them aside. And personal integrity is crucial. No one will hear or believe what we say mm. if our lives preach a different message. Mm. And uh, the greatest the greatest compliment that can be given a missionary is that folks that have known them uh, in situ for years and years, if they're able to say they lived as they preached, 
I think that's the greatest compliment you can you could be given as a missionary. Yeah. And uh, I, I'd like to think that the people in Eastern Europe that we've served for a decade and a half, mm. uh, I know that they observe our lives as well as what we speak. Yeah. And our lives must point to the Lord as well as our messages and what we speak. It comes down again to is what are we idolizing? And if we can be salt and light in that community. You know, we have a lot of mission partners who, one particularly comes to mind who is serving in another sensitive area, say, don't concentrate on the fruit. You know, don't concentrate on what it is you're achieving. Keep looking to Christ again as we're talking here and be salt and light in the community. Let them see you shine your light. Um, and, and, and she's found that very helpful in her ministry. Let's move on to the final point. Really enjoying I could talk for, <laughs> for a long time and I, I'm sure our listeners could listen. Um, but we've got a busy day today. We've got, we've got mission partners in, in the office and we're doing various reviews and there's a tight schedule. So, and we're very thankful for Andy and his time to be able to do this too, to summarize um, uh, the two parts of this series. So let's look at uh, the final point on number four. We're looking at verse 15 in Hebrews, prioritizing grace on every side. I love this as the climax. It's good that we we got there. It's it's a fantastic phrase. Uh, see to it in verse fifteen that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. Uh, we, we've all seen the bitterness and the trouble all over the place in the world, in the church, in mission, on teams, in Christian work, in in, in on elders meetings. Oh, you know, there's there's bitterness and trouble all over the place. The antidote to that, according to this, is the grace of God. Grace that we don't deserve grace that we didn't earn grace that is not according to our merit but is because christ the spotless pure lamb of god the son of god gave himself for us i don't deserve his favor i don't deserve his salvation he's given it to me freely and that grace is to what is what we are to prioritize and and the the word the phrase that the writer uses see to it that no one fails to protect. You know, this is an urgent task. I think I used the illustration of uh, a call to serve. Of imagine you're you're the nurse on duty, and 200 people have come in that day for their COVID vaccinations, and you've got to see to it that everyone gets a vaccination. 200 people. You can't miss a single one. No one's got to be left out just because this lady can't stand, just because this child is young, just because this man is blind. Doesn't matter. You see to it. Be diligent. Be earnest to make sure every single person there gets their vaccination because everybody needs it and it's urgent for every one of them, whatever their condition. That's the implication. That's the phrase here. See to it. It's an urgent, an urgent thing. Really urgent. Yeah. Really urgent. It's not... It's not imperative that everyone agrees with us. It's not imperative that everyone joins our mission. It's not imperative that everyone comes to our church. They may go to a different kind of church. It's none of those things are imperative, that they speak our language, that they become westernized. None of those things are imperative. It is imperative that those who are lost in sin hear about, see, understand, and receive the grace of God. It is imperative. And and so my, my, my kind of climactic call was to urge people to make everything that they do about grace, showing it, demonstrating it, practicing it in relationships, speaking about it, finding 50 different ways to declare it. Grace is the center of the message. It's one of those ideas about God which uh, people who have come from a different religious background 
usually haven't grasped. Mm. We're, we're dealing with people from a from an orthodox background. And uh, in orthodoxy, people have not understood grace at all. People from a Roman Catholic background have not understood grace at all. Um, and so to, to explain it, live it, model it, demonstrate it, and see to it that everybody knows what grace is and how they can obtain it in Christ is absolutely a crucial part of, uh, of mission. Mm-hmm. Amen. I have nothing to add to that. Brilliant. Andy, there's a final thought experiment in here at the end. It's to imagine someone with these four qualities of how that we've just gone through and, uh, and how um, useful is that person in cross-cultural mission. So useful. Uh, I did the thought experiment myself, uh, even before we talk about feeling a sense of call to somewhere or what are your gifts, what are your abilities? These are often things that people think about in mission. My thought experiment was simply this. Just imagine a person, even if they don't know where they want to go or how they want to serve or what Christ's call is on their life yet. They don't know these things. They haven't been mapped out yet. But imagine this person who knows they're weak but leans on God, who is peaceable with everybody, who strives for holiness and integrity in all their dealings and words and who prioritizes grace on every side with everyone they meet. Imagine a person like that. And my my one word description for that person was, wow, Mm. a person like that, however old you are, whatever your abilities are or aren't, a person like that is very, very, very useful to God in mission, almost anywhere, doing anything, because it shows that Christ has consecrated their heart. Because you can't you can't make progress in these areas without Christ. Mm. And it means this person is looking to Jesus. And people like that, I'd take 20 of them tomorrow, really, for where we are. Uh, we need people like that who in their hearts are looking to Jesus. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Andy. If you're listening to this podcast and you have been inspired, what Andy said, if you have a calling on your heart for mission, I'm actually going to bring Anna in here. <laughs> Anna's been strangely quiet, which I've been having this, with Andy and I have been back and forth across the table. It's been a really passionate and interesting discussion on Hebrews 12 and uh, really encouraging for myself personally. And, and you know, we, we serve in the world of mission. Um, but Anna, those that are listening to the podcast, those that are thinking about serving in mission, um, perhaps in those initial stages, uh, just praying about it. Um, what, what can they do? Where, where can they contact? Who, who can they contact at UFM? How do they make those initial inroads? Yeah, maybe have a look at our website. It's the first port of call. See, um, see what's on there. There's lots of information about different short-term mission options um, as well as serving long-term. So maybe have a quick look there. And um, yeah, you can email us at go at UFM org.uk if you've got any further questions and please do come to some of our events call to serve which you mentioned earlier happens yearly there may be a, a, an additional one happening in the the northern parts of england so please do look out for that and uh, and summer conference um andy it's been an absolute pleasure you are our 10th episode uh, <laughs> break out the champagne <laughs> that's it yeah we will i don't know how far we get through it, an episode if we had champagne on the table um but we are so thankful to everyone who listens to this podcast who prays who prays for our mission partners our prayer calendar that, that goes out every two months um you are faithfully um supporting our mission partners not only just financially but prayerfully and, and i'm sure andy can tell you in his own words how, how much that helps them and encourages them absolutely crucial not just 
just in a time of war as we are facing now, but on the difficult days, in the hard situations, facing crises and many, many discouragements, uh, thinking of all the thousands of people who are back home praying, thinking, supporting uh, in all those different ways, it, it, it keeps us going. Uh, I, can, I can remember one day walking to language school in minus 35, and I think I fell over uh, 16 or 17 times on, on the, the three inches of ice. I was wounded. I was upset. Didn't want to go to language school that day. I was going to give up. It was so cold. Uh, I had an icicle on the end of my nose. It was an absolutely <laughs> terrible day, and I just didn't want to go on. And then I remembered that hundreds and thousands of people back home were thinking of us and praying for us. Mm. And it got me up off the ice and into language school and carrying on on a very difficult day. And we simply cannot do what we do without those who pray and support. So it's a great ministry and a great calling to do that. Praise God. And very briefly, just just tell us some prayer points that you have for us um, that, that our listeners to the podcast can pray for. Please uh, keep praying for those uh, in Eastern Europe who are uh, victims of this war. We pray for the war to come to an end, of course. We pray for people to come to know Christ through the war. Uh, we pray for those that are serving. There are many, uh, we haven't touched on Hebrews 11, but there are many, many Christians in the East there who are serving in the Hebrews 11 kind of way, uh, attempting great things and uh, putting their lives in danger for the sake of the gospel, going into the hard-to-reach places. Um, I, I'll often say to people that in, in the war zones, there are charities at work, there's the Red Cross, there's all kinds of other, and they, are, they, they all go to the easy places, the hard places, the most difficult-to-reach places in this war. There you only find the Christians. It's very interesting. Mm. Christians with this message, Christians with this saviour, go to the hard places to reach lost and broken people. And uh, you can see it all over the water. So pray for those Christians today, whatever day you're listening to this. There will be Christians right now in harm's way trying to reach people with the gospel within meters of the front line of this war under artillery fire. And they're the people that we support every day, that we uh, partner with, that we provide resources for. And uh, God is building his unshakable kingdom through their sacrifice and through their struggles and, uh, and service today. So I pray for them. Thanks, Andy. To, uh, to paraphrase something you said at um, Call to Serve, don't just look to top up on Christ, um, but run with endurance, looking at him the whole time. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Four Corners podcast, brought to you by UFM Worldwide. Please subscribe for more podcasts like this and to support our mission family in prayer. Don't forget to like and share this podcast with friends and family. For more information about cross-cultural mission, visit our website, ufm.org.uk. UFM Worldwide, here to support churches and making disciples of all nations.